business of the day is the seventh day. Hallelujah. I said the business of the day is the seventh day. How many of us meditated on the word that God sent to us on Sunday? How many of us? You know, some even when we left uh, 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 the auditorium and we met in pastor's office, we were tingling because we were just looking at the, uh, you know, the, the, the possibilities. We were looking at the, 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 the kind of things, the manifestations, the possible manifestations of the word of God. And I remember I came into the auditorium, uh, the Caleb generation were meeting, and about three or four people stopped me to just share with me what they felt and how it hit them. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I believe that, like my pastor will say, this evening we are going to put it into overdrive. And that overdrive, uh, God has used a vessel which happened to be more to deliver the word, not because I'm better than any other person. But now, we want to now ex we want to extricate you know, various aspects of that word and every one of you must contribute. So, you sat on Sunday while the sermon was being delivered. Today, you are going to be the pastor. I mean, there are some people when I see I am encouraged. Uh, Minister Bright, you know, when I was looking, I said, ah, where are people, the people who would normally contribute? Then when I saw him, I said, he will contribute. I know, may, may we be known for good things in the name of Jesus. So, I'm sure from Sunday, some things, um, you went over some things, some questions came into your mind. Some clarity required on the word of God that came to us on Sunday. This service, this interactive Bible service, we will deal with those issues. Amen? I said we will deal with those issues. But just to give us a recap, very brief recap, very brief recap. We read from Joshua 6, and all the way from there, I read it again. Even though God used me to preach something, I read it again. Because I looked at it from the beginning and said, is there anything we missed here? You know, when we were in, um, I don't know how many of you went to boarding school. Uh, and you didn't wash your, maybe your uniform on time. There was something we used to do. You wash the uniform and then you will put it in a tower. I don't know how many of you did that. Did you do that? Uh -huh. So somebody will hold it on one side and another person will hold it. And then you what? Squeeze. So imagine that the word that came to us on Sunday, we are putting it in a tower, into a spiritual tower, and then we are going to squeeze it so that it is almost dry by the time we leave this place. You know, it is important. The word of God is important. God is not a magician. And when he sends his word... We, you know, he said at the beginning, when, when earth, at the beginning of time, he said, let there be light. He spoke. He spoke. He spoke. So, anytime God speaks, there's action. 
He said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. So, if God speaks and nothing is happening, it usually doesn't have to do with God. It has to do with us. Because he, he says his word, he has elevated even above his name. He says it will not go back to him void, except if he has accomplished what he has been set out to do. So if he spoke to us on Sunday, or anytime he speaks to us on, from the pulpit, it means that there's an accomplishment that is waiting to happen. Amen. So in that spirit, I have it on good authority from the throne of grace that somebody under the sound of my voice, you will enter into your seventh day shortly in the name of Jesus. That is if some of us are not already in that seventh day. You know, since that Sunday, I've been looking around because I don't want to miss my seventh day. I don't want to miss my... You know, Bible says that he prepares a table for you before your enemies. Can I tell you what? The more enemies you have, the better the table is prepared. Hello? So, if in case you are seeing some enemies in your office, you know what that means? There's a table there for you. Hallelujah. Did you catch that revelation? You know, rather than you being um, upset with your enemies, rather than you being carrying the ministry of your enemies all over the place, anywhere you see an enemy, by the word of God, Psalm 23, it means that there's a table that has been set for you. So I know that this evening, right from Sunday, a table has been set for us. May we not miss it in the name of Jesus. We've got very little time, but we're going to do it. Let me just paraphrase. We established on Sunday, we talked about the fact, and we read from Joshua 6, starting from verse 1, we talked to us that, and the walls of Jericho were shut, and so on. It's a story we're very familiar with. Some of us would even say that we learned it from Sunday school. And we traced it down to the fact that God instructed the children of Israel through their, his servant Joshua. And he gave them precise, before they even started, when they were looking at Jericho ahead, and they were thinking, what can we make of this Jericho? This mighty enemy, in verse 1, he told them that, verse 1 said Jericho was shot. You can give me verse 1 of Joshua 6. Verse 1, let's read verse 1 and verse 2, just to establish. He says, now Jericho was securely shut up. Securely shut up. If it was shut up, it's even good. It means that it was securely. That means that it was impregnable. There was no way you could go in. It means that maybe, possibly, an ant or a rat could not even get into Jericho. Because it was securely shut up. Anywhere that they felt that there could be penetration, they had blocked it. Perhaps even had five gates. Have you gone to some homes? You see two gates. You know, they have one gate, then they have another gate. It says it was securely shut up because of children of Israel. None went out and none came in. Verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given, I have given Jericho into your hand, 
its king and the mighty men of valor. And we established that the instruction came. I'm just paraphrasing. And part of the instruction was for the Israelites to um, possess around the city for six days, uh, for once a day, for six days, and then on the seventh day, they will go around seven times and they were to shout. And at its, you know, when they blow the trumpet and shout, then the walls will fall down flat. And that was exactly what happened. And everybody went in, faced their own man. And the Bible tells us that they took the city. And the only, the only uh, 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 people who were saved was Rahab, the harlot, and his family. And we established that before there's a seventh day, which was the day of victory, which was the day of conquest, there's always a sixth day. And we established that many of us are in our six days. We're experiencing six days. We gave the attributes of the six days and, you know, at some point in time, I'm going to ask you what, does, what, what you remember. But I can tell you immediately, some of them, you keep going around the same problem. The resources you have uh, is not sufficient for you to uh, conquer the challenge that you have at hand and so on and so forth. And then we went on to say, how do you transit from the sixth into the seventh day? And we gave a number of points there. So, and we ended it by saying the seventh day is a and, uh, day of rest. We quoted, um, we read Exodus 34, 21, I believe. We talked to us that the seventh day is a day of rest. That even when you are plowing, it will be rest. And when you are harvesting, it will be rest. Which says that even though you are walking, you are still in a state of rest, which means you will enjoy what you are doing. It will be simple for you. It will not be a chore. It will be like a hobby. It will be something you enjoy doing. And even when you're harvesting, you know, um, I, I was listening to a man of God the other day and was saying that, um, I've heard this said before, somebody, if you, if you see a man in the hot sun in traffic, selling handkerchief and sweating profusely. It means that, uh, um, how did he put it? Um, possession is not ownership. Hallelujah. Did you get that? Somebody in the hot sun, all right, or selling Coca-Cola or Biggie or any cold drink. He has it, but he must account. He knows he dares not drink it. Because it will be removed from his money at the end of the day. So what it means is that possession is not ownership. May we possess, and not just possess, but we own in the name of Jesus. Is that a summary of what happened? Is that a summary of what happened? Hallelujah. So, we're going to go into it this today. I will tell you, there's a, like a sub-theme that I put for this, um, uh, for this service. But let me start with what caught your attention on Sunday. Share with us how, how you understood it, what caught your attention. What, of, what, what in 
what we shared on Sunday caught your attention and you want to share or you want to expound on. I think that's the word. You expound on it. You know, you want to open it up. You want us to look at it. What caught your attention? Yes, Sister Theodora. What caught your attention? Remember all of us are going to contribute. What caught your attention? Good evening. And that, and how, thank you. And how during those six days it can be very, very painful because I could relate to that. Why did I say so? So most times, yes, I know I have um, creative abilities. I can draw and do some certain things. But then I ask myself that, okay, you can do this, you can do that. But why is it not? It's not adding up. It's so, not translating. Yes, it's not translating to what I can do. Yes, I have the skills, I can do it. But then, like you said, when you're in your sixth day, you keep circling around the same problem. You, things become difficult. I'm trying to remember the first one. I cannot, don't know why it's keeping my mind now. So, but I could relate to that. And we can liken it to, um, let's say, a pregnant woman. So during the period before the ninth month, before she gives birth, you go through the pains and different hormonal changes and all that, but in the end, yeah. you would see the, um, the outcome, which you would actually, the, yes, you get the outcome that you're looking for. So, but during those periods, like you said, it's a time to keep quiet. It's not that like most times we prematurely hinder our own um, breakthrough. And so I, I grabbed a lot from that as well. So that is what grabbed my own attention. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Bible says we should give honor to whom honor is due. Goldfish has no hiding place. Uh, Pastor Conrad Adigwe, all the way from Manchester, joining us this evening. Not online, but in person. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, the man came for the right, he entered the right message. Hallelujah. How's our doctor? And how the children, God bless you, sir. Yeah, Minister Bright. Praise God. I, after, this, after Sunday, I got to realize that you can walk as much as you can. You can sweat and toy and do everything. But the day you start following instruction, you don't need to sweat. It makes it easy. You don't need power, anything. Yeah. The mm. people followed God's instruction. Mm. They were not carrying any arm, like you said march around the building, and it collapsed without any effort. So, no matter what you are doing, the day you start following instructions, whether in business or in the Christian faith, you, you need less of your own strength. Everything works for you. Let, 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 let me make a correction there, because you see, sometimes, um, let, me, let me show you something. Give me that same... Um, uh, Joshua 6, let's read from verses 3 to 5. Let's, verses 3, give me verses, verse 3, please, Joshua 6. The, you shall march around the city, all you men of, here now. You know, 
sometimes when you read, you overlook. Who is marching? Do you know sometimes there's something in our line of sight that we tend to go and put our faith and our hope on. And that's not who God wants to use. So you have an uncle who says, or you have said to yourself, as long as my uncle is alive, everything is honky-dory. As long as my father is alive, everything is honky-dory. As long as my bank account, or I have this job, Bible says some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. But we, who would we put our trust in? Name of the Lord. So, look at it there, because I told you I read it again. And it says, you shall map all you men of war. So, it's possible that if Joshua didn't hear properly from God, he would have been relying on the men of, uh, the men of war. You understand me? Are this you, the men of war? You know what? Make sure. We remember the story of David when he was given the armor of Saul. And he said, I can't. I can't function as this. Now, there is a role for the men of war. When the war came down flat, I'm sure they were the ones that went first to attack. But in the positioning of God, they were not supposed to come first. The power of God the faith of God, the knowledge of God, the belief in God is what is supposed to come first. So sometimes we do it round. We mouth faith, but we put the men of war in front when we are circling our Jericho. Because somehow our faith is actually, we will say God, well, God, you will do it. So, but our faith actually is in sometimes our possession it is in sometimes our pedigree it is in sometimes uh, 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 who we know our network i saw during covid i know people who died very rich men and they were helpless money could not help do you understand these were the men that if they cough ordinarily you go and bring one uh, ambulance. You know, you must even be at a certain level before an air ambulance can pick you to take you abroad. You have money for the air ambulance, but they tell you, we can't pick you. He's not in a state that we can pick. And I saw not one, not one, not two, two, two not three, not four that died. Because, like Yoruba will say, Oju Tiowo. Shame, catch money. Because there was nothing money could do. Why? Possibly. Because all the while, they had been saying to themselves, some of them had insurance. Which means that if anything were to happen to them, immediately. But like I said, you must even be at a certain level first before any air blast can pick you. May we not put our trust in something that is not of God. Amen. Anything else? Yes. Yeah. Quickly, because I'm sure many more people would like to. Yeah. 
praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It ministered to me greatly okay. because yes, uh, uh, Joshua that received the instructions mm. paid attention to details. Hallelujah. In receiving the instructions. And then the men of war also paid attention to details in executing the instructions. Mm. Imagine Israelites that would murmur at one point in the desert. Oh, he gave us uh, manna. He didn't give us water. He did this and this. So they paid attention to details. All parties did their own duties and to the end of it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, my dear sister. No, she's here. She's here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think he has said one of the things I wanted to uh, say. So are you saying it's spidey to you? <laughs> and secondly, we need to be patient. Ah, we are coming there. We are coming to that patience. So. Because even um, for us as an individual, and somebody is saying, March the first time, you march. Second time, nothing is happening. You start doubting yourself. Is this one hearing from God at all? So we need to be patient for us to be able to reach our seventh day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Sister Francesca. Anybody else? You want to say something? Okay. You want to say something? Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, mine is rather a question. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Uh, my question is this. Um, the seventh day... Mm. After the six days, mm. the seventh day from the uh, teaching is a day of rest. Mm. It's a day of total victory mm. for the believers. Mm. And then my question now is, does it mean that all of those people, you see somebody that has gotten to uh, 70, 80 years, and is still begging, and is still struggling, and has not been able to find, you know, Rest, not, rest is even far. Has not, it's not even making ends. It's not even getting anything at all in life. And it's still trying to, like the uh, example you, you, you gave, so, uh, and somebody selling uh, Coca-Cola, sweating, and all of that, and the person is aged, and is a Christian. When is he going to have the rest? Is it in the grave? Or is rest not meant for that person? Because I know there are a lot of Christians that are also suffering, even at old age. Okay. And they have not found their feet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let me answer your question. He who comes after me is mightier than I. I'll leave that pastor, the question for Pastor Femi. <laughs> you are giving me jam question. Am I mess or mile? <laughs> Give me a grand question. <laughs> uh, you want to say something? I thought, yes, please, yes, please. Praise the Lord. So my take home from Sunday service um, was there are two things. Basically, hold on to the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So um, whatsoever the word of God says concerning my situation, Whatever situation I might be going through, I should hold on to God's word. And that's where patience comes in. Um, the Bible says, uh, patiently I'll wait. And patience is not just about just waiting, but it's, um, it's the attitude that we develop, the attitude that we have while waiting. While waiting, we shouldn't be complaining, we shouldn't murmur, but we should be happy and and still hold on to the word of God because the word of God says, because it says that it's not a jot or a tittle of his word would drop to the ground. 
but it will fulfill the purpose for which it was given. So it's not just the word that is written in the Bible, but what God has said to me personally. And what I do is that um, when I have a word that has been given to me, the Rema, I remind God, I'm like, God, you said this. So I'm holding on to your word. Another point that I, I got was um, align yourself with the plan of God. Do not follow popular opinion because the, the plan Sorry, of God... Sorry, stop there. Can we... Please acknowledge that. Say that again, please. We should align ourselves with the plan of God because mm. the plan of God may not follow the popular opinion. So the plan of God, many times, if not every time, yeah. does not trend. Yes, exactly. So right. as, as believers, we shouldn't mm. want to be like the world mm. and following the opinions or the happenings of the world but we should just follow what God wants for us. And what God wants for us might not be um, what he has for Mr. A, might not be what he has for Mr. B. It could be um, a different path that he wants to take you through. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. So I, I understood what you said. We shouldn't trend. We should try. Okay. Um, awesome. Brother Awesome. Okay, we have some. Oh, no, before you, he actually did indicate. Please, sir. Yeah, and of course, a minister is here. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I want what caught my attention that Sunday when you are uh, deliberating on the word on the seventh day was when Joshua came up to Rehab and he made a vow mm. unto the Lord to spare mm. both her and her family. So on that particular you know area I was like when we make a vow unto God, how do we reciprocate back unto God when he does something good unto us? Or maybe when we are in a you know, severe and a downcast situation, that we say, God, if only you can do this for me, I will return this unto you. But at times, many of us, we don't keep to our vows and uh, promises, our covenants that we make unto God. So I, my attention was caught that. On that particular aspect, even when Hannah was barren, she made wow. a request unto God, and God granted her a male child, which was Samuel. And after winning the child, she later gave it back to God unreservedly. So that Thank caught you. my attention. Thank you. God. I actually didn't mention it the way I crafted it in my note. For you to move from your sixth into your seventh day, more often than not, you have to do something unconventional. Which is against what you said, that trending. It was actually in my notes. You have to do something or unconventional. Abraham, when he sacrificed his son, Isaac, you know what, you know what God said? He said, because you did this thing, I will not withhold anything from you. You know, if you read the Bible, it says to us that in God's eyes, Abraham had already sacrificed Isaac. Because you did not did it. Because you did not withhold your only son. So you find out that you have to do something unconventional. You have to do it in such a way that it provokes God to rise on your behalf 
I said, ah, you did this. You know, I can imagine God seated on his throne, looking, paying attention to the galaxy, and then six billion people, and then you do something that shocks him. And then he says, wow. You know what? That person can't remain in that situation. And no, 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 no. Anna, that's what Anna did. Pledge something. that she, Do you think it could have been easy for Rahab to have kept the spies? Do you know if they had caught her, they would have killed her? Yes? Yeah, espionage. They would have killed her. And her family. This family you want to save. Anyway, you are even a harlot self. If you are even an engineer or doctor or lawyer, we can say, let's keep you. You are even a harlot. So, what does it cost us to kill you? So, whenever you look at it, look at Solomon. He, he sacrificed a thousand burnt offerings. So, sometimes to provoke your seventh day, in fact, almost you have to do something that does not trend. You have to do something that does not make sense to human beings. It's only between you and God. In fact, there are times that you make that, um, um, uh, you make that convention. Do you know what uh, Rahab's, um, what they said to Harlot, um, to Rahab, I beg your pardon. They said, if you, this thing that you have done, if you say it to anybody else, you absorb us. Is it in the Bible? Yes, that this agreement that we have between you, if you say to anybody else. So sometimes when you make your, con your uh, covenant with God, you are not even allowed to tell anybody. Because if you say it to somebody, they can abort it for you. Until, yes sir. About that, going back to what she said. He said, when you want to get from your sixth to your seventh, you have to hold on to the word of God. The instruction that was given to Joshua to give Israel is that nobody will say a word. A word. Now, that's unconventional. Yeah. All through the day. Husband and wife, nothing. Children, nothing. You know why? I have in my notes, because just like everybody else, after we left Chop, I went and thought about this thing, and I said, what is this thing? It, um, the instruction said, not a word from anybody. And that's because when God speaks to you, one of the ways that that word, you will lose it, is when you hear another version from somebody else. So I have in my notes, because no communication is a lot better than negative communication. So when God speaks to you and he says, march around, if you let them talk, somebody will say, why are we matching self? You know, if we're walking together and I say, Pastor Conrad, why are we matching self? I didn't say don't match. But do you know where that conversation is going? You question God. You question the logicality or illogicality of it. And after a while, you slow down. After a while, you sit down. After a while, you fall off. I don't believe everybody that started finished that walking. I don't believe so. So, Bible says, not a word. I think when you want to move, once you've heard God, don't discuss it. 
Because the discussion allows rationale to come in. It allows opinion to come in. You know, if we're all walking, if I say, let's walk to the island, and we're walking, if I say, everybody keep silent, you find that because of the last thing you heard, even your doubt will not find any agreement. And your doubt that you don't speak cannot stop you. Because it is what you say that actually has effect. If you keep it to your heart, you may be able to finish the journey. So all of us should be careful. We, we talk, you see, that's the problem with internet, social media. Everybody talks about everything. People discuss everything. So much so that what is secret, you have already let it out. May God help us. Please. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Please give me 2 Kings 2. 2 Kings 2. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, you are, you are right, you are right. Just say, and it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went to Elisha from Gigal. That's not where I'm going. Okay, go, give me verse two. Um, no, give me, you know all of this. Give me verse three. Now, read with me. The sons of the prophets who had Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you know? <laughs> oh, it is bonny. Let me give you breaking news. You understand me? In case you have not heard, oh, you understand me? Eh? You haven't heard? Ah. Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes. <laughs> exactly. To start talking. Uh, yes. Do you know, sir, that man that wants to abandon you, he was the one that made you sell all your oxen and all your plowing equipment. Then today, he now says he's going and leave you with what? After you've killed your business, after your, your family, they are looking for you because you destroyed their, the family business. And then you're now going where? If it's me, that guy can't go anywhere. Okay, he can't go anywhere. Do you know what Elisha did? Elisha did apprenticeship. And when you do apprenticeship, what are you giving? Freedom. You know freedom. And so Elijah wanted to go away without doing freedom for... <laughs> Elijah wanted to go without doing freedom for... You know, on freedom day... The man is supposed to give you a big amount of money, buy a machine for you, and he wanted to go away without doing freedom. Omo, don't grill. When they did it for so, 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 this, I, I fought the man. He had to pay me back. But guess what? What did Elisha say? Yes, I know. Keep silence. Somebody starts a conversation. The what you should ask yourself is, where is this conversation going? What is your business between me and my master? Honestly, he, he had heard from God 
that Elijah is going. And he had made up his mind, I want double portion. And then you're initiating a conversation. Let's be careful. It's not everybody that initiates a conversation God sent. You know, he said, I know, be silent. Which means when your sixth day is going to change to seventh day, no day follow people talk. Yes. So sometimes, we are talking. I told you, what did you think the day when, Pastor K, I'm coming, you know, when Jesse entered the house, when uh, uh, Samuel entered the house of Jesse and admitted David and said, You are the next king. Did he say it silently? He said it openly. But did you see the next day? Jesse and uh, David now decided that he wants to start wearing purple robe. After all, the man of God has said, I am the next king. Where did he go back? He went back to the backside of nowhere to be looking after sheep because his time had not come. The problem why many of us are still in our six days is that we acted before God wanted us to. So, David would have found some young guys in the town. You know, there are many people who don't have job. He said, you know, I'm the next king. When I'm king, you will be, I'm going to make you minister James. You are going to be the minister of aviation. You understand me? And then I will tell you, after all, the man of God has told me I'm the next king. When you talk to me, you address me as what? Your excellency. Have you seen politicians? You know, when they're already vying for the position, they already start calling them your excellency. They call them honorable. Meanwhile, they haven't won, no. No wonder a lot of them lose. So, Pastor K. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right, from the story, my focus is on the seventh day. Now, from all the stories we've heard, there is a goal, there is an ambition, there's a dream. And there's a point you want to get to. And that means you, have, you must have that focus. You must have that point. You're looking at it. Example, the story pastor just told us about Elijah and Elisha. The sons of the prophet tried to discourage Elijah. Sorry, Elisha, right? And also, Elijah also tried to discourage Elisha from getting there. Yeah. So my take... Is focus. 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 Um, even the children of Israel getting um, the promised land, getting to Jericho, they stayed focused on Jericho. Mm -hmm. There was no distraction. So everything they were doing, as we've said, they were focused on that goal itself. Praise the Lord. Can somebody give me a scripture that talks about that, please? Just a, a very common scripture. We mouth it every time now. About what Pastor K. Okay. For a reason of time. Give me Hebrew 12. Give me Hebrew 12, 2. Hebrew 12, 2. Hebrew 12, 2. He said, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured what? The cross. Despising shame 
and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What you experience on your way there is nothing compared to what you experience when you get there. Did you hear that? What you experience on your way there is negligible to what you will experience when you get there. Some, too many of us are concerning ourselves with what we are experiencing on the way. So somebody from Jericho was looking and was abusing them. Look at stupid people. You are going around. And then you now decided that that's going to be your own ministry to answer. It's an insult. Ah, look at these idiots. They have started again. <laughs> so maybe they gather on top of the wall and they are looking at foolish people. And then you now decide. Joshua said, none of you should speak. Then he said, no. Maybe somebody even insulted Joshua. Look at you, the leader of the man. And then he now said, ah, lie, lie. I cannot allow anybody to insult my leader. Is that your problem? Do you now see how we miss our way? When the man of God said, mm, there's a time and a season for everything. There's a time for war and there's a time for peace. This time, keep quiet. You know what I like? You can argue against effort, but you can never argue against results. Yes, sir. Yes, you want to say something? Uh, Minister Tokwe, did you want to say something? was saying um, we should not be talking too much. You know, there are times people come to you like they want to pray with you. Mm. <laughs> you know, when they be like, um, ah, sister, this, oh, I heard this thing is happening. But you know, I now know now that it's scriptural to tell people to keep quiet. That's just my contribution. Yes. Be silent. <laughs> Pastor, okay, you want to say something again? Be silent. Just say to the same person, what? Be silent. Praise the Lord. <laughs> You know, the Lord told Abraham, he says, take your eyes from where you are. Yeah. Forget everything and look as far as your eyes, your eyes can, can see. Carry you. I just can see. To the north, east, south, yeah. west. He says, what you see, I will give you. So, in that journey, take your eyes away from all these things. The circumstances. focus on your vision, your dream. So take your eyes away. Thank you, Pastor K. Please clap for him. Take your eyes away from the circumstances. The circumstances are mere distractions. They are mere distractions. To you, it may look, you know, it may look big at that point in time, but they are mere distractions. After all, you don't throw sticks at trees that don't have fruits. If you have a problem, it's because God has put something in you and the devil is fighting you. Go and check the big men, the, re, the big men of God. There's one bot or the other. There's always one bot or the other. There are men of God that will lay their hands on, uh, uh, on, on a woman and she will bear fruit. And the man of God and his wife, they don't have, a, they don't have any fruit of the womb. You know that. You know that. Is that man not following? God is saying that despite. Ah, okay. Um, what do you call him? Uh, Pastor Kumui. Is it? No, who, not Kumui. What's the other one? The one that was blind. 
or bad area, I think. Eh? The blind one. A bad area was a bad area. You think God can heal him? Or even Pastor Adeboe. You understand when Pastor Adeboe's son died, people started, some people were mocking him. One guy that mocked him, is he not the one in... We, 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 we will not comment on all kind of foolishness. These are the kind of things that derail yeah. focus. You know, the law of focus is blindness to everything else. That's right. For you to focus, you're blind to everything else. So if you, are, if you want to move from six days to seven days, you better learn focus. Yeah. Now, she asked a question that I want to answer before we forget. He says... Some people get to 60, 70, 80, and they don't get to the seventh day. Now, it will, it's a, it's a question that's crossed everybody's mind. But what the enemy wants us to believe is that God is not good. You can't trust God. Because if some people get to 70 and it doesn't, there's no seventh day, you may be the next. That's not true. God does not do any harm to his children. He does not repay evil for good. The Bible calls him the faithful God. What you sow with God is what you are going to reap. It's only a matter of time. But let me answer the question. I think it's in um, Hebrews 3, I think verse 19. It says, some people will not enter my rest. The seventh day is a day of rest. Because of what? Because of unbelief. People can come to church. But concerning the seventh day, they have stopped believing. The New Living Translation, Hebrews 3 verse 19 say, So we see that because of their unbelief, they were not able to enter his rest. And what is unbelief? Unbelief doesn't mean you're an unbeliever. Unbelief actually means you used to believe, but you don't believe anymore. You know, the thing about the six days I want to warn everybody about is where a lot of people allow their faith to die. Whether it's the first day, second day, fifth day, at one point in time, most people, by the time they get to the sixth day, they don't believe anymore. They will not leave church. They will, but they won't go. They won't enter the seventh day. So let's all examine our heart. Do you still believe. I'll give you an example. And this example will surprise you. It's, uh, it's, it's uh, Esau. Esau had the birthright. He knows what the birthright means in the, in the Hebrew text. The, the first one gets everything. So, he was hungry. And you know what he said? He said, now that I am starving, what value is this birthright for me if I die? So what he was saying is, it takes too long to activate the birthright. Let me collect the one I can collect now. Many of us sitting here, some of us listening online, think I have waited too long. And that's when somebody is going to offer you something. That's what Jacob did. When he made the offer, the next thing he said is, swear. Because he knows that after a while, your brain can wake up. Let's, let's look at the scripture. 
It's a swear that you will not change your mind. Um, Genesis 40, I believe. No, no, no. Genesis 25, verses 32 to 34. Let me read very quickly. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Maybe he was on the third day. Maybe he's on the fourth day, but he don't tire. Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew, and he ate and drank, arose, and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The basic English Bible says, And Esau said, Truly I am the po- on the point of death. What profit is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, First of all, give me an oath. And he gave him his oath, handing over his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave him bread and stew, soup, and he took the food, drank, and went away, caring little for his birthright. The danger about the six days is everybody has their threshold. You know, we did the communion for strength. We needed that strength. Some people is the first day. Some people is the third day. Some people is the fourth day. The question you should ask yourself, where is my strength as of this day? Don't talk about Esau. Esau did not start like that. He valued his birthright. But how long it takes, and that's what happened to the prodigal son too. He could not wait for his father to die. So, a voice told him, cash your check for half the price. You know, there's some checks. You can go to, in England, you know you can cash your check for less. There are offices that do that. And that's what he did. And honestly, as a pastor, I'm warning everybody here. Some of us have to repent now. The Bible says, this is so sought to get the birthright back with bitter tears, but there was no room found for him. The six days we should encourage one another. Don't capitulate because you're hungry. Don't stop believing because you're getting older. At least, uh, Sarah was how old? Was it not 90 years and so on and so forth. So my, my, my worry is if we're close to the seventh day, make the adjustment you need to make now. And many did not enter his rest, which was offered to everybody. The seventh day is a promise. The seventh day is an offer. It's not a done deal. It is what you do about the offer that will translate into reality or fiction. May ours be reality in Jesus' name. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. You know, I have so much in my notes. Okay, can I give you one minute? I have so much in my notes that if we are here for another two weeks. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I think from this story, the MVP is actually, uh, it goes to Joshua. Because uh, he's wanting to hear from God. And he's wanting to act in faith. You can imagine if he had not started it. Maybe they are listening to the crowd, listening to the Israelites. First day, second day, third day. So many distractions. What will people say? That's what we do most times. When God gives us an instruction, we now start thinking, what will people say? So, but he acted on what 
God told him. At the end of it all, there was victory. I think that Sunday, I took something from that particular message. When we talk about the sixth day, having a whole lot. When I look back, I look at so much projects, but look at the resources. So the resources are not, it doesn't match up to what the projects are here. So what I learned from that day, to trust God wholeheartedly, no matter the circumstances, that at the end of it all, there will be victory. Praise the Lord. I understand that there are some people who have questions online. Please, if you have the questions online, I have one. Just please get them so that we can treat them openly. Um, somebody asked, he said, how can we tell if we are in a day two or day six? Very good question. How can we tell if we are in day two or day six? Because the truth of the matter is that day two and day six, they actually look the same. Yes, sir. <laughs> the question sounds intellectual, but it's, there is nothing to it. Every, no day matters whether it's a first day, third day, fifth day. What matters is seventh day. As long as your seventh day has not arrived, stay with all the things we're learning. Do you understand? Yes. Because nobody is likely to be able to tell you you're on the sixth day. You're going to take the same action and this time you get a different result. There's nothing that marks the difference between the sixth day and the seventh day. Nothing. There's the same wall that they've been seeing. On the seventh day when they start marching, there's nothing about the world that had changed. The seventh day will announce itself. If you stay long enough, you will know it is the seventh day. I, the I, wall I, will collapse. I think, um, I can't remember who said it here. Was it uh, Pastor's learned friend? I can't remember who said it. That Patience. Patience. The problem with us is that when we are in the six days, we want God to do it now, now, noy, noy. As Ijebu would say, noy, noy. Immediately. So, when we begin to measure God's time with our own time, we completely miss it. And what is God's time with our own time? It means that, guess what? Pastor was born in 1962. Me I was born in 1962. Pastor is driving S class. Me too, I must drive S class. You know, we start putting ourselves on the run. You know that? Yes. When Job's travail started, yeah. Job didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. God just boasted about him and said, and said, let me test him. Anybody that saw Job, like his friends, they said, you must have done something. Job said, I didn't do anything. And they said, it's not possible. But look at what Job said. And that tells you, even Job didn't know whether it was day one or day two. You know how day seven for Job announced itself? The day, you said it on, on Sunday. When Job prayed for his friends, God turned his captivity around and gave him double what he lost. And everybody came back and started giving gifts of gold. He couldn't understand it himself. The day before, it looked like as tough as it could be. The next day, he woke up onto a completely new life, a new experience. My prayer is that that will be our experience to Jesus. Amen. Job said it in Job 14 verse 14b. 
It says, all the days of my hard service, I will wait till my change comes. It didn't say, I will wait till when I count six days. The days are not literal days. Some people have said the travail of Job was one year. I don't know whether it was one year. All I know is it had a beginning and it had an end. Whatever you're going through has a beginning and it has an expiration date. My own encouragement to you is keep on keeping on trusting God, believing God, praying, and what was a problem will become a testimony. Amen. Ah, Pastor, this scripture, it says, for me, all the days of my hard service. Hard. Nobody here has lost all his children. Nobody. In one day. Nobody here has lost all his possession. Nobody here has been covered completely in boils. And he still said all the days he qualified the service. Hard service. But I will wait until my change comes. Whether it comes, whether I'm in day one, whether I'm in day two, whether I'm in day three, whether I'm in day four, I will wait until my change comes. And I, that's, we, we must learn to wait. The problem with many of us is that God had spoken and he had said the seventh day that it's seven days that the change will happen. And like I said to you on Sunday, seventh day is not a calendar date. It's a destiny date. You said it. You said it. You it's said not a calendar date. Yeah. Yes, sir. You want to say something? Yes. I'm talking about this counting. I'm sure people here are trying to imagine through that. Maybe I'm on day five. Ah, it's not almost over. You see, they're laughing one by one. It's, there's, it's not a calendar experience. I'll give an example. Um, Joseph started a journey of six days. I think he must have been at the age of 14 or 15 when he was thrown into the pit. And they said to him, let us see what becomes of your dream. You start counting from that day. From slavery to houseboy, from houseboy to jail. And that took a couple of years. So at what point in time can anybody prophet come say, you're on your fourth day? Now lie. You wait until the day announces itself. Look at what he tried to do. Um, I, I, I put my notes here. The six days can wear you out if you start counting. Yeah. Counting the years. Counting how many times you had a miscarriage. Uh, you still don't have a child. And you, when the six days wears you out, you just want out by any means. You want out of that waiting period. And this is what happened. Joseph got to that point and would have missed destiny as a prime minister when he asked the butler to get him out through the side door all except that God blocked that side door. I'll read the scripture. Genesis 14, verses 40, verses 14 to 15, the New Living Translations. He said to the butler, his friend, and please remember me and do me a favor when things go well with you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. When you count 
and you the trouble with counting is you get to a point say enough is enough you say i don't care about anything let me just get out through the side door he didn't think he was going to go through the front door into the palace and he explained i was kidnapped this and that and i've done nothing to deserve it what if that happened the butler told the king that kings just release that negro from i don't know which country comes from what happens can I tell you something? Let us not suffer in vain. If you wait for five days and you don't wait for seven days, you're going to wait in vain. You will have suffered in vain. If Job did not get to the seventh day where he, he got the word by, from the Holy Spirit that prayed for your friends, all his suffering would have been in vain. All the children that died, he would never have had other children. So when people say, I'm tired, I'm not coming to church anymore. I'm tired, I'm not doing anymore. Olga, you have just signed your own death warrant. Job, Job that knew God says, I will wait. And what happened? The Bible says all his former friends came back. I rest the case. Amen. <laughs> I wish this were an all night, honestly. We could do this all night. All right? Because there's still so much to I'm going to show you. I'm going to end with something. Um, I have a question, and it will also partly answer Sister Francesca's question. Yes. Just switch it off, please. Yeah. So mine is a question. Mm. You've said um, the seventh day. Is the seventh day referring to one day, or does it refer to months or a year a or years? Yeah. A season. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, so we said the seventh day is when everything comes together for you. So it is a season that you have entered. Do you understand? In, in the sense that, let me give you an example. And we have a typical example in this church. Sir. Remember the story of Captain Brown and Sister Kemi? Fantastic lady. You don't get them any better. How many of you know Sister Kemi? And then she is the one that, or the lovely couple, that it took a while Six years. I remember one day that we had a baby, Pastor K and I had a baby dedication here. And when I finished, I just said, where's Sister Kemi? And I called her and I handed over the baby to her. Because we are feeling her pain. Do you know that it's possible both of them could have left this church because the matchmaking or the alarino was the senior pastor. <laughs> oh God, we know now. <laughs> Do you understand? <laughs> Let me defend myself. Let me defend myself. He make it look like I'm a matchmaker. You know what happened? I told the lady, describe the man in your heart. She described the man, said, but I know the person. He said, what kind of joke is that? I said, just they go. And I told the person, somebody just described you. That's all I did. <laughs> okay. Has he denied it? <laughs> because the man, the lady was not looking in the direction. The man himself was not looking in the direction. It was pastor that opened their eyes. Do you know they could have left this church? We want to thank God because we even celebrated their parents when they came to church. 
Do you know some other parents would have said, how did you people get married itself? He said, uh, he's a senior pastor that said, uh, uh, are you sure he's a man of God? Yeah. You better stop going to that church. What evidence do you need again? Yes. I even remember pastor telling us, I mean, let me relieve a bit, that one day they needed to go for some treatment and whether it was Captain Brown said, I'm not going again. I'm not going again because anytime I go, we quarrel or something like that. Imagine if it was that day. Maybe it's that day it happened. Because he had been counting, counting, counting. And then you know the devil has a... For those that are online, this counting is not from God. The only thing God tells us count, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, God has done. Come on now. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And then it will surprise you what the Lord so let me take the last part and it will answer your question and I also have a question here now give me Joshua uh, the last verse I think it's verse 21 if I'm right last verse the very last verse please Joshua 6 21 sorry the very last verse 27 is 27 are you with me? Um, okay, maybe the end. Okay, whilst that is coming up, I'm so sorry. Um, this counting, I think it's a very, that's what I'm feeling. It's a, it's a turning point for a lot of us. A lot of us have been counting and your heart is beating. When Sarah started counting and the angel of the Lord came into their tent and told Abraham, your wife is going to have a son. The Bible says Sarah was behind. She heard and she laughed. And the angel confronted and said, why are you laughing? He says, I did not laugh. You only laugh when you count. And thank God for mercy. Can we rest this matter? You have said something. It's not a calendar date. It's not an age thing. You wait until your change comes. And wait with a good attitude. And wait, don't be discussing with everybody. No, God didn't send them to you. Just focus on serving the Lord. And can I tell you the truth? God is so good that whilst you're waiting, he always plans some things around you to make your wait a little easier. Don't overlook the things that God put around you. Maybe some people that just kind to you. It may be the fact that some things are working well in your life. If you don't focus on those things, that's how to count your blessings. When you are waiting on God is where you need to count your blessings the most. If you don't count your blessings, you will count your troubles and they will so trouble you, you may stop believing God. You know, let me use myself. Okay? Well, one day I was saying to God, 
Baba God. Ah, no, I don't want to be looking prosperous. I want to be prosperous. You understand me? That people look at me and they say I'm prosperous. Mm-mm. And it was as if one angel just slapped me. That looking prosperous, you don't know that it is a blessing. It is a blessing. And that's what Pastor is talking about. Count your blessings. Name them one by because I am saying to myself, where I am, God be like say you never try enough for me. <laughs> Pastor ask. <laughs> yeah? And looking. Yeah. Exactly. Do you know there are people who are prosperous, they don't look prosperous. So it's what, a blessing. So we say you are blessed. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So I changed my talk from that day. Ah, there's so much. But let me quickly go somewhere. Now give me verse 27. So the Lord was with, read with me. So the Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout all the country. Until now, Joshua was a nobody. Nobody reckoned with him. This was the feat that made him, made people start putting him in the league of Moses. Yes, sir. Yes, knowing him. Recognizing him. Celebrating him. Yes. And compensating him. And you see the compensation when they got, because when they distributed the land to everybody in um, uh, Israel, when they divided the land, do you know Joshua's family got their own? Apart from what they divided to everybody. Go and read it. Joshua's family got their own. Moses that led them out of the um, uh, Egypt, even though he was dead, his family must have still been with them now. They didn't get. So he was rewarded. He was recognized. He was um, celebrated. He was acknowledged. So would you say Joshua had entered the seventh day? Church, be with me. Had Joshua entered the seventh day? At this point... So Joshua was in the seventh day. Yes? Give me next chapter, verse 1. Joshua 7, verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding their costings for Achan, the son of Kamai, the son of Zerubbabel, of the tribe of Judah, took of their costing so that the anger of the of Lord burned against the children of Israel. Quickly, because we are going to verse 5. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went out and spied on Ai. Verse 3. And they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. After all, we are the ones who did what? We defeated Joshua without even one, the Jericho, I beg your pardon, without one uh, sword. Do not be weary or do not weary all the people there, for the people of I are few. Give me verse 4. So about 3,000 men went up there from the people, but they fled before the men of I. Verse 5. And the men of I struck down 36 men, for they chased them from before the gate as far as Shebarim and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, 
the hearts of the people melted and they became like water. What is my message? You can get to your seventh day and if you are not careful, you go back to six days. You can go back to six days. And that's part of the message. You realize that there are people who they were on their seventh day but maybe they didn't manage it. They didn't know God. They didn't do the right thing. And before they ended, they went back to six days. I know of a man who at the height of his fame, he had all cars, Rolls Royces, uh, S-classes, all kinds of things, living in a big, huge mansion. The day he died and they wanted to rush him to the hospital, they were looking for a taxi. Yes, you know, I'll mention the name to you, you know. This was somebody, not, not just in Nigeria. I knew him in UK. In UK, he had a Rolls Royce. He had a BMW. He had a Jaguar. And if I mention another country, you know who I'm, you know them. Big man. Entered seven days big. But, yeah. So, even when you enter your seven day, if you are not careful, you can go back to six days. It's not guaranteed. Look at these guys who finished, you know, the, a whole Jericho. A whole Jericho. Do you know what it's like? It's like um, you face U.S. Army and you defeat them. Then you come to Pastor K's uh, hometown, Ibadan. Then they defeat you. <laughs> I didn't say Jeb, I said Ibadan. <laughs> you, you understand what I'm saying? You, you know, they even, but I will show you one thing. Go. Now, let me show you one thing. Give me back verse 1. Give me verse 1. No, no, no. Sorry. No. Uh, okay. Okay. Give, give, uh, okay, give me. No, verse 1 of verse 7. Chapter 7. Chapter 7, I beg your pardon. And you read all of this, committed the trust, blah, 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 blah. Give me verse 2. Then Joshua did what? Joshua did what? Give me, go back to Joshua 6, verse 2. This 7 2, give me verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, do you see the difference? Joshua sent men in his own strength. After all, was it not me that God used to defeat Jericho? I don't need to consult God again. I don't need to consult God again. I know God's pattern. I know God. Uh, uh, me. Me. Uh, you people have been boasting about Moses. God spoke to me. God spoke to me. So what happened in 
Give me 7-2. Seven, 7-2. Two. Seven, two. Go back to 7-2. Yes, I've seen it. It's part of what it is. This is what I'm answering, sir. Yes. Okay, I will read the question. Okay. 7-2. Now, they went, you know the story. What happened here? They were, they were, they lost the battle. Now, let me, take me to Joshua 8, 1. 8, 1. Can you see? Read with me. Now, the Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid, nor dismayed. Take all the people of the world with you and arise, go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. have never heard anything else never act when God has not spoken to you there are too many of us who are going ahead of God we say we know God we understand God you understand me and do you know what God doesn't do he doesn't tamper with your will if you decide that's what you want to do he will leave you to your folly how could he have been so supportive of Joshua and then next thing just immediately not Verse Joshua 27, verse, you know this Bible, eh? because of understanding, they broke it up into chapters. Do you, you know that? In, maybe before, you can just be reading uh, Joshua 6, 27, and you go straight to Joshua 7, 1. Just the next verse, which is the next chapter, they were completely defeated. So my message, somebody asked here, Hello, Pastor. My question is how do you stay stroke remain in the seventh day and what must I do? If there's one thing you must do, locate the word of God in the situation that you are in and follow it. Yeah. That it got you to your seven days. Don't change it. I hope that answers the question. Thank you. Hallelujah. We've been blessed this evening. Have we been blessed? Amen. Hallelujah. Remember, icing on the cake. If you get to your seventh day, you want to stay in that seventh day. You don't want to go back. May the Lord keep us in the mighty name of Jesus. I'm just going to give us a minute. The, the evening is far spent. You just want to, you know, in whatever way uh, today's uh, interactive Bible has grabbed you to say, Lord, I'm in my sixth day. I want to move into my seventh day. Show me 
what I need to do. Instruct me. And if you already have your instruction, like pastor said, pray that, Lord, I will wait until my change comes. There are perhaps some of us that we have shipwrecked what God wants to do for us because we haven't waited. You want to ask for mercy. Concerning Sarah, God said, uh, the angel said, why do you laugh? He said, I didn't laugh. And pastor just said, he said, if not for mercy, she would not still have had that child. But mercy prevailed. You want to ask for mercy this evening that in any way, if I have shipwrecked my journey to my seventh way, seventh day, Lord, help me and bring me back on course in the name of Jesus. I want you to also pray that when I get to my seventh day, I will not do anything that will make me go back to my sixth day. And if I'm already there, may I not do it in the name of Jesus. Pastor, talked about focus. Being focused, especially when you're in your six-day journey. Pray for strength to focus on your six-day's journey as you enter into seven-day. No distractions. No distractions. There's that song that we always sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. Just remain so focused. Thank God for the message. Thank God because we said if because he wants to do something about it, that's why he has sent his word to deliver us. And the word will become flesh in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for the privilege to gather. We thank you for the word that you have sent. Refreshing. The time of refreshing. The refreshing time we've spent in your presence. We ask that what we have learned today may it not stand against us in the mighty name of Jesus. Rather, as we march towards our seventh day, let us experience it. And when we indeed give us the strength to wait, those of us who are still waiting, and we must not count. We are not counting for you, God. We are not counting. We are waiting until our change comes. Give us the strength to persevere. Give us the strength to wait. Give us the patience to wait. In, whether it's the second day, whether it's the sixth day, just give us the strength in the name of Jesus. We know that this, definitely we will enter into our seventh day. And may we not shipwreck when we get there. In Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you.